Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Life is filled with changes that keep many in a constant state of anxiety, even more so nowadays as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. With more than 25 years of experience in the mental health field, today's guest, board-certified neuropsychologist and author Dr. Michelle Bankson, offers a biblically-based prescription for finding peace from worry or anxiety. Today on Connections, she'll share with us how she has dealt with both depression and anxiety and how she has replaced that the truth of God's Word. She'll also help us to recognize that anxiety originates from a spiritual influence and how to use the weapons God has provided us to fight back and reclaim peace. Today we're joined by Dr. Michelle Bankson. She is a board-certified clinical neuropsychologist as well as an author and speaker. So you are multi-talented. And uh, when it comes to your writing, you take that a lot from your experience. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and and just uh, about your family. I've been married to a fabulous husband for 33 years who has gone through three bouts of cancer, but praise the Lord, is still with us. And with him, we have two young adult sons and three pups who keep us very busy. And we're currently dealing with an unusual situation with the COVID-19 pandemic. And when it comes to pandemics and situations like this, along with that comes anxiety. What are some steps that someone can take to recognize that anxiety originates from a spiritual influence and, and begin to use the weapons of power and love and a sound mind to regain peace? Oh, yes. Before this pandemic, we were already struggling with very high levels of anxiety. 264 million people across the world were struggling. But now in this pandemic, we're seeing that even the most calm and peaceful people are struggling with worry, fear, and anxiety. You might notice that it's simple things like feeling yourself feel nervous or jittery or anxious, or you might get sweaty hands or muscle aches and tensions. Some people express their anxiety through irritability, agitation, getting angry or frustrated easily. But one thing to keep in mind is that the Word of God clearly says, For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. That comes from 2 Timothy 1.7. Basically, what God is telling us here is that when we experience worry, fear, and anxiety, it's never from Him. It's from the enemy of our soul. But what he's done is that you don't have to go there. Worry, fear, and anxiety are not your portion, but God's peace is. So if we want to conquer worry, fear, and anxiety, we have to look at the tools and weapons that he's given us. And in that verse, he tells us, I've given you power, I've given you love, and I've given you sound mind. So exercise those to combat anxiety. So for power, we've been given power, first of all, through our words. Scripture says that, Our words can either bring blessing or cursing. They can bring life or death. And so we need to be speaking blessing over our situation. We need to be speaking life over our situation. So instead of saying things like, well, I'm just worried that, we can turn that into, thank you, Lord, that you've already taken care of that. So it's a matter of what we're speaking. And we've been given power through speaking God's word. And one of the most powerful prayers that we can pray is to pray God's Word back to Him. So something like, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to be anxious. Thank you that you tell me I don't have to be afraid or worried, but to be courageous because you're with me. You will not leave me or forsake me, and you promise to be my provider. The second tool and weapon that He's given us is love. His perfect love casts out fear. But in order to exercise love as a weapon against worry, fear, and anxiety, we must really first realize 
just how much God loves us. He tells us. He loves us with an everlasting love. It's not the kind of love that's dependent on what we do or what we don't do, but just because of whose we are. And because He loves us, He promises to be our protector, our defender, our redeemer, our comforter, our healer. So by walking in His love and recognizing we can go to our Abba Daddy Father with any concern, and He's already there. He says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a future and a hope. So all those things that we have a tendency to worry about in the future, He's already gone before us and figured out how He's going to get us through it. And the third weapon and tool that He's given us is sound mind. And I absolutely love this, because as a Christ follower, we've been given the mind of Christ. And before Jesus' earthly ministry, he was taken into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, where he was tempted by the enemy of our soul, the very one who tries to bring on worry, fear, and anxiety. But Jesus always came against that temptation with the Word of God. Jesus always came back and said, no, for it is written, and then he would repeat the scriptures. So we've been given the same mind of Christ to be able to tackle the temptation to fall into worry, fear, and anxiety. And if we're struggling, all we have to do is say, Father, I believe, but help my unbelief. And he will. Despite everything you just said, what about those people that feel that anxiety is just a way of life and they're stuck like that forever? How do they overcome that? Oh, I have felt that. I've been in that place. And that is a big lie. It's a big lie from the enemy, but it's very effective if we continue to believe it. So one of the most effective ways to come out of that is to search the scriptures for what they say about worry, fear, and anxiety. Write those scriptures down on an index card or a a post-it note. I had to do this. And every time I started feeling anxious or worried or afraid, I would read one of those scriptures out loud three times. And the reason why I did that is because the Word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the more we put God's Word, His truth, it's really our only truth that we have to stand on. The more we put that inside of us, the more we will begin to believe it and live it. But another thing that we can do when we feel like anxiety has just consumed us and it looks like there's no way out is to talk back to anxiety. I tell my patients this all the time. And it's something as simple as saying, no, you don't get to be the boss of me. God has promised to take care of me, to protect me, to be with me. So I'm going to trust God now and not the worry, fear, and anxiety that's trying to invade my life. Now, you mentioned that you also dealt with anxiety yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about that and and how writing the book, uh, Breaking Anxiety's Grip, has helped you in that situation? I struggled with significant depression and anxiety. I grew up in a home where my mother was depressed the entire time I was growing up. And many of my family members struggled with debilitating anxiety. So I began to look at the world through a a depressive, anxious lens. When I would think about things, I would tend to look at it the same way they did because that's what was modeled for me. And so I remember driving to work day after day with a pit in my stomach, with my neck and my shoulders feeling tense, having headaches and crying, thinking, "I I don't think I can make it through today. But as I began to realize that that didn't come from God, he had so much better for me. And I started to do the things, exercising, power, love, and sound mind. It started to dissipate. But I still have to 
come against it. In this day and time, it's easy for us all to fall into the what-if scenario. What if we don't get enough toilet paper? What if we can't return to our jobs and our schools? What if, what if, what if? And that is a signal to me that I'm starting to go down that slippery slope of worry, fear, and anxiety. And a couple of years after um, my husband and I got married, he was diagnosed with a life-threatening, very rare form of abdominal cancer. And we were told to get our affairs in order because he wouldn't live more than two years, if that. And in fact, he had a surgery where there was only a one in four chance that he would survive the surgery. And I was panicked. I lived worry, fear, and anxiety day in and day out. He is still with us. He's gone through two other cancers. And in fact, one day on our way to see his oncologist, I got the call nobody ever wants to get. And it was from my doctor who said, Dr. Bankston, I'm so sorry. I hate to tell you this, but you have cancer. That was two weeks after the day that I turned in the manuscript for Breaking Anxiety Script. And as I sat there, I realized I had about 10 seconds to make a decision. Either I was going to go down that slippery slope of worry, fear, and anxiety and worry about this cancer and what would be and what might not be, or I could utilize all the tools I had written in Breaking Anxiety Script. That was basically a script for me for how to navigate this new journey in my life. And it made such a difference. I still had questions. I still wondered what was the right thing to do, but I determined that I was going to trust God. And the reason why is because I was able to look back over the course of my life and realize God has gotten me through every single difficult circumstance 100% of the time. And even when we struggle to look back on our own life, that's why God has given us the Bible. I could look back on David and Job and Joshua and Daniel and see what a difficult circumstance that they were placed in, but God got them through. And when we realize that, it's so much easier to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this situation. I'm going to trust you in these uncertain times, because while the times are uncertain, you are certain. What's amazing about you is, is like you said, you, you found out that the cancer diagnosis, your own cancer diagnosis, after you'd handed in your manuscript. But now you're able to use your own experience and say, hey, no, 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 stop telling me that you can't get through this. Uh, there are ways through it. You yourself have been there. You're able to take what you've learned and, and share it with others. That's one of the things that all my readers have commented on, on Amazon reviews and other places. They always say, this is not just a book that's written by a doctor. It's written by somebody who's been there, and you can tell that she understands. And so for that, I'm grateful for the experience. Nobody would ever wish for depression or anxiety. And if we could just snap out of it, we would. But I'm grateful for the experience because now I can say I really do understand. And it is possible. It is hard work. It is hard work choosing to say, no, I'm going to choose to trust God instead of my feelings. But the thing that I learned that's been most helpful to people is that our feelings, they're very compelling, but they are really just the outward manifestation of the thoughts we're believing. So if we want to get well, if we want to live life from a place of hope and peace, we've got to start with recognizing what is it that we're thinking and determine whether or not that lines up with what God says or what our enemy says. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but where does anxiety begin? Like there's a bunch of people in the world, you mentioned this also earlier, that are dealing with this new anxiety that they've never, ever experienced in their life before. 
how can someone recognize that quickly and, and know what they're dealing with? If people are starting to recognize that they're doing a lot of the what if thinking, what if I can't get food or supplies, or what if something happens to my family members, that's a sure sign that they're in a place of anxiety. Maybe not even a diagnosable proportion, but something new that they haven't dealt with. What's so crucial to understand about anxiety is while there are genetics and while there are are chemical issues, the true issue with anxiety is that it comes back to where we're placing our trust. And when we are anxious, we are putting our trust in our circumstances or in other people. So in this pandemic time, many people are putting their trust in what they're seeing on the news or they're putting their trust in the statistics that they're hearing about the virus instead of putting their trust in the one who created them. What I always tell people, and my my kids will even attest to this, they will say, Mom, you always say, this did not take God by surprise. And not only did it not take God by surprise, but he already knows how he's going to get us through it. So the crux with anxiety is determining where are you going to place your trust? Are you going to trust what you see? Or are you going to trust what you know to be true in God's Word? When you first decided to write Breaking Anxiety's Grip, what was it that inspired you? And why did you decide to just put it all out on paper? Oh, in all honesty, I didn't want to write Breaking Anxiety's Grip. I had finished writing my first book, which was Hope Prevailed, Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression. And that was a difficult book to write. It was heavy. And my readers asked me, when are you going to write a Bible study? And I said, oh, no. I don't write Bible studies, but they kept asking, and finally I felt like, okay, the Lord was saying, you might not write Bible studies, but I write the best Bible studies. So I felt like, okay, Lord, if you will help me write this Bible study, I will do it, because that's what my readers are asking for. Well, no sooner did I finish writing the Hope Prevails Bible study, and readers started writing to me, asking, when are you going to write a book on anxiety? And again, I answered, oh, no, I'm not going to write a book on anxiety. I don't want to write another heavy hitter. I want to write a book on chocolate or on the beaches or on iced tea. I wanted to write something fun and lighthearted. But it didn't take too long for me to realize that what they were asking for displayed what the needs of the people are. And many people who struggle with depression also struggle with some degree of anxiety. And many people who struggle with anxiety also at some point struggle with some degree of depression. Not all of them. But it happens so often that it just seemed like the obvious next step to write this book. And I look back now, and I'm amazed. I shouldn't be, because we know how God works, but I'm amazed, because this book released September 17th of last year. We had no idea that this pandemic was going to happen, and we are seeing people struggling with anxiety at an all-time high. So now I can look back and realize God had this planned all along. Because he knew people were going to struggle, and he wanted to give them biblical tools to help them from somebody who's been there and gifted. Who are you hoping will pick up your book? Those who are struggling now from a place of worry, fear, or anxiety, and maybe this is something new. Or maybe they're wanting to know how to help family members who are struggling. And more than anything, parents. And the reason why I say that is this book is such a good book for parents because if parents are struggling with anxiety, they need to get a handle on it because they may not realize it, but there's both a genetic predisposition for their children to struggle, but they also model anxiety for their children. So I want parents to read this book, find out that worry, fear, and anxiety are not their portion, but pieces so that they can teach their children 
how to handle anxious times. Because for many of our kids, this is the first major crisis they've ever gone through. They may have gone through family situations that were stressful, but this is the first global crisis most of our kids have endured. And it will not be the last crisis they experience. So if we can teach our children now how to go through times like this from a place of God's peace instead of anxiety, that next generation will be so much more prepared. For people who want to learn more about yourself or about this book or any of your other books, how do they go about doing that? They can find me at drmichelleb.com. And I'm on all the social medias from Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter. And I've got an Amazon author page. So they're welcome to look that up, Dr. Michelle Bankson, and look at all of the books. We also have a podcast, and we're putting out free resources all the time. Our current resource is How to Fight Fearful and Anxious Thoughts and Win. And that's free if they just go to my website, drmichelleb.com. And for those at the end of the day who are still just sitting there confused with what we're dealing with right now, and they don't understand these emotions, they don't understand, what would your parting words for them be? Breathe. Take a few really deep breaths. Exhale that anxiety and inhale his peace. And pray. Tell the Lord you're anxious. He knows it already. But it's physiologically impossible to be anxious and relaxed or anxious and at peace at the same time. So take a few deep breaths, tell him how you're feeling, and ask him to help you trust him more. And he will. That's the kind of prayer God delights in answering. What a great conversation we've had with Dr. Bangston, and she has so much more to share. You can find that extra bonus material on our podcast, Connections with Colleen Hood and Mike Tom. You can find that podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.